folks, don't forget, in just two minutes, right after this commercial, okay, maybe not two minutes, I gotta stop lying to y'all, I do love you, I'm not lying because I, it's a habit, it's just a habit, I can't stop lying, anyway, we're going to a commercial, we'll be right back with Dr. Wendy coming on the show, she's gonna break down what you thought you knew, and what you think you know, ain't what you think you know, and what you thought you knew is what she knows, because she's licensed to tell you what she knows, anyway, if you couldn't follow that, just tune in next with us, KIRPRadioShow.com, 619-638-8559 is the number, we're also on iTunes, folks, check us out, iTunes Podcast, KIRP1, Radio 2, show is 3, put it together, KIRP Radio Show, and if you can't get us on any of that, you can log on to the website, that's KIRPRadioShow.com, WMMG's home of the KIRP Radio Show, we are the number one in the southeastern United States, we'll be right back. K-I-R-P Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. You know who it is without a doubt and hesitation. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. You've been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers, and even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Welcome back, welcome back, everybody. If you're listening to the show, you are B-I-G in my book, baby. B-I-G, double B-I-G. Shout out to everybody out there at Hampton University. Also got to give a shout out to my folks over here at, let's see, let me go down the list. I'm not going to mention Duke, even though you guys show so much love, but I got to mention United United. I got to mention the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Shout out to all you folks, everybody out there at NCCU. Also, the people out there at Shaw University. Shout out to you. Appreciate you, everybody out there at Fourth Union. And the list goes on. We'll be back to you, beautiful folks, here in just a second. But I'm bringing on the show somebody. Can we get the music to stop, please? Please. That's a little bit annoying. Thank you. Sorry, I'm just joking. Anyway, we're bringing somebody on the show, folks. This is the moment of clarity. I want everybody to take a deep breath. You guys deep breath? 
You ready? Get your notebooks out because it's going to be a little bit educational. It's going to be a little bit fun. You might get pissed off. You know, we don't care. Anyway, the immaculate, the beautiful, the wonderful, the single, I think maybe still single. I'm going to ask her. But Dr. Wendy Walsh, how you doing? Hi, how are you? I am wonderful, and I'm very happy to have you on the show. Yes, I am. Thank you. And oh, to yeah. answer your question, by the way, I don't say I'm single. I'm in a committed relationship with both of my children. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than a relationship right there, man. Good God. <laughs> right. <laughs> man, that's, that's more than uh, that. That's like more than a marriage. That That is definitely a marriage to death do you part, for sure. It's 24-7 with no pay. <laughs> mm. Wow, no pay. Um, that's what a lot of people are going through now. In addition to having kids, it's, it's tough out here. It is. It's tough in a lot of places. You know, we're just coming out of this recession, and people are really having to retool and figure out where they fit into the new economy. You so said that right. There's, there's people. You know what? I've seen the increase of street vendors um, in the South because, you know, we never had a lot of people selling anything on the street uh, for profession, you know, you normally found that in the bigger cities, you know, the L.A., right. the New Yorks, Washington, but now I'm seeing more of that in the South, in the Southeast. So but I, doesn't I would, it show the creativity of people when they got to survive, when people yeah. have to eat? It's amazing. Like, remember the big snowstorms in New York and unemployed people were just showing up with shovels yeah. and just going, can I can I clear out your car, 50 bucks? And, you know, lawyers going, yeah, i got to get to a trial. Come on, quick. <laughs> You know what? That's that's what it's really all about. All about that's that's like the survival instinct that we naturally have that we can't afford to have people take away from us. You you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to go there today. Talking. So we're about talking this. about relationships, not our relationship with the economy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The relationship, relationship, relationships, and you know what? I'm on social media all the time, and every time I turn around, Wendy. I'm seeing the relationship status change from uh, single to in a relationship to it's complicated to what in the world is all this all about? What's going on with people? Well, you know, I wish I could send a private IM to Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> because when he thought up relationship status, he wasn't actually giving an indication of whether somebody could have a healthy relationship or whether they're in a healthy relationship. <laughs> it just basically says that they're willing to go public with who they are or not. So, you know, the truth is to have a healthy attachment involves more than posting something that says I'm in a relationship. Absolutely. And it seems that people are using the, they're using this to define their relationship, too, you know, depending on what kind of mood they're in or if they just had an argument or, or you know, I'm seeing it. And, and it's every day with people. And I, and I think people are obsessed with this. Yeah, I, well, you know, I worry about the opposite. There's too many people refusing to post that they're in a relationship with someone that they are because they don't want to limit their opportunities for others. <laughs> and it shows that just lack of commitment, this lack of wanting to really understand that you got to understand, if you have a trusting, uh, secure attachment to another human, mm -hmm. your brain gets to relax and not have any anxiety, and in that time of relaxation, you can actually be more creative, more mm -hmm. entrepreneurial, more ambitious. You can get a whole lot more done. But when you're so bouncing around between attachment and anxiety, <laughs> is she, isn't he, does she, doesn't he, then you're actually not getting much else done in your life. Ooh, that, that's crushing to somebody out there. Somebody just got their feelings hurt. I know you did. Too bad. Dr. Wendy's on the air with this, folks. 619-638-8559 if you just want to listen. Dr. Walsh, or when, you know what? I'm going to call you Wendy. Is that okay? You can call me whatever you like. Oh, okay. Let me as long know. as it's in, in, you know, in the dictionary <laughs> and not the urban dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, this is why I, I had to have you on the show because you speak your mind, and I, I love that, man. I, I've seen you on so many different programs, and I'm like, who is that? I never catch it when they're saying who you are or um, in between places <laughs> or maybe I'm in the airport and I can't hear you. I can never hear. Trouble. I get in trouble sometimes. I have to remind myself when I'm on actual broadcast television <laughs> and it's live, yeah. when I'm on something taped and when I'm on something like Internet radio. Can we say anything we want on Internet radio? Anything you want. They edit oh, us okay. before the airs. Good. Okay. So, um, but, but, you know, sometimes, I, yeah, I just have trouble. <laughs> it's, it's good <laughs> like trouble, though, because, is. yeah, I mean, people need the raw truth, man. You know, we get too much water down this and water down that as it is. And you know what? Majority of the times when we say things fresh on our minds, it's the truth. It's when we have to go back and retract it and go, hey, you know what? What I really meant was, you know, so. 
I like what you do, and I appreciate it. So you keep running your mouth and doing what you do, girl. <laughs> Let me ask you something. I want to start this with with teenagers because, um, you know, you know, we talk about social media, and you know, we have a good time about it, and we laugh and we joke. But there's a real uh, something going on with with teens and the internet in general. It's like they have their own uh, own train of thought. They don't play by any rules whatsoever. Some do, but majority don't. They say what they want to say, but it's different when you meet them in person versus what you see on their Facebook pages and, and the Twitters. Yeah, you know, I've never actually got into an argument with anybody if I'm face-to-face or even on the telephone, but I've gotten in a lot of, of conflicts just mm-hmm. texting and emailing. Because people just, their infantile impulses will just say what they want. And, and it's also so easy to be misread because you're missing all the other ways that the human beings pick up information. So yeah. if you and I were in the same room together, believe it or not, we'd be very quickly on another level reading each other's body language. Mm. We'd be smelling each other's pheromones for signs of stress or yeah. attraction. We would be um, paying attention to eye contact. Yeah. We would listen very closely to vocal tone. So when you're reading someone's text, it's like listening to your favorite band without the drummer or the lead singer. <laughs> you're missing it, right? It is. It's true, though. It's so empty. You know, you, you're getting what you, you're using your emotion to read off their message, and they don't yeah. match. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not a good way. And then the other problem with social media is that now studies have shown, by the way, despite all the fears that people have, is that most young people, teens and college students, um, most of the people on their Facebook and Twitter pages are all real-world friends. So they are having real-world connections. It's just another way to support those connections. So it's not like they're running around having a million relationships with strangers online. Mm. But they are having what I call pretend relationships that have emotional responses but is not paying off with the, all the attachment behaviors, the attachment behaviors being, you know, sight and sound and touch and all the things yeah. you have to do to attach to another human. Wow. And, and that's so very important, too, that, that you can have that kind of interaction because, you know, something I talk about a lot on this show is, is boxes. You know, we all have our boxes and, you know, we're in our home box and we get in our car box and we go to our one particular place and our work box. And then when someone new comes in that box, we don't know how to interact with them. And and a lot of that I feel like is coming from being on the computer so much versus actually going out and meeting folks. Not not that there's anything wrong with interacting via the computer, but you know it's, it it takes away that sense of real world view, that real touch that people should have when well, they meet face to face. It's reducing people's uh, emotional intimacy skills. It's taking away their ability to learn emotional intimacy, and that's the main thing. But uh, having said that, I have a very big social networking world, um, mm-hmm. very few strangers, mostly people I know, but I use it to supplement the real-world relationships I have. And by the way, despite the fact that people can have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 friends online, the truth is in the history of human beings, our brain can't even handle memories of more than 200 in our circle. Wow, so everyone serious? Has yeah, everyone has a circle of about 200 people, depending on your age, of course, the younger they are. The, well, no, i got a 13-year-old who's got 200 friends on Twitter, and they're all her people she knows. Yeah. So it has to do with your past employer, er, employers and employees and, and coworkers. It has to do with past schoolmates. It has to do with current friendships. It has to do with family and extended family. And if you add that up, on average, everyone's got about 200 people mm. in their real world. Wow. They know, they recognize, if they saw on the street, they say hello to you know, I, I often wonder, and, and that's, it's funny you say that because I look at my friends list sometimes, and, and, you know, like you say, there's a lot of people that you know. Um, being in entertainment, I've met a lot of people once, and then, you know, they yeah. send a friend's request, and you're like, ah, I kind of remember the face, not really, and then they send you a message, and God knows that's horrible because now you're trying to remember that person, and finally I just go, hey, who are you, and how do I know you? No, you know, no offense, but I look at that list, and I wonder, you know, do people really have or do they really interact with more or, or everybody on their friends list? I mean, I know it's impossible to impossible. do everything, you know. I have like 10,000 people. Of course not. I mean, I know the handful of people who are, I mean, there are literally a handful of people who I've never met in the real world who yeah. respond 100% of the time when I post something. So I know the, those names, but I don't know the people. You know, I really don't. 
Wow. So they can't. That's why I always laugh when people get in fights on Facebook. You'll see on their comments, <laughs> I'll post something and the two of them are arguing about. I'm like, you guys don't even know each other. It's not even that important. And I step in like a, you know, a, a strong mother and go, okay, boys, if I see any more arguing on my Facebook page, you're both being defended now. So then they, <laughs> you know, they usually send me an apology private message with the words, but the guy was a jerk, don't you think? <laughs> wow. I'm like, and then, how that happens. you argue with a stranger? I, you know what? It happens all the time, though. I, I You know, I, I find myself defending my stance on, on, you know, political things too often. Uh-huh. And I know better, mm-hmm. but, you know, you find yourself yeah. defending stance with people who really don't, no disrespect, you know, to any of my followers out there. I love you guys. B.I.G. in my book. But a lot of people don't really know what's going on in the whole. So, you know, you you find yourself defending yourself and, and so finding. now you know yeah. that your hot spot, your tender spot in life are uninformed people. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So now you know. When uninformed people come around, you don't have to get defensive. Because, by the way, the more you believe in yourself and the more you believe your ideas, the less you have to defend them. Because you're like, you're kind of like, whatever. Sure, You'll get I, it. That's <laughs> therapy for me. I need to be laying on the couch because I just got some therapy, baby. Somebody else did, too. Exactly. Why don't you lie down? So let's let's hear about your childhood. You know what? I was a troubled child. No, let me stop. <laughs> I wasn't a troubled child. I had a good childhood. I was just a little too grown. Anyway, we're not talking about me, folks. 619-638-8559. We're on the air with Dr. Wendy. You can't, I can't even talk now. You just messed me up with that one. Um, listen, let me ask you something about sex and teenagers because, you know, in this first segment, I, I really wanted to get – uh, a, I wanted the, the listeners to get a gist of what's going on with their teens today. I've seen so many right. people, and I've talked to so many people – and they don't have a clue what their kids are doing in, in the social media land. And, and they definitely don't know what's going on in the real world. Um, when I look at clothes, I, I just want to go to dressing for a second. This, is there okay. such thing as dressing too sexy? Absolutely. Uh, right now we're living in a culture where a lot of young women are using short-term mating strategies for long-term goals. And it doesn't work. So short-term mating strategies basically are advertising the fact that you're a sexual object and not a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. And it can happen at any age. I see women in their 50s doing it, and I just want to go and wrap a towel around them and put them <laughs> in the closet. And, uh, <laughs> but um, the problem is that right now we live in such a highly sexualized culture, yeah. and people are seeing so many sexual images in our media. They're seeing Snooki in a hot tub. They're yeah. seeing, you know, they came off the Sex in the City generation, and they think uh, frequent sex is important, important to their um, their health, which is not. <laughs> it can be more damaging than anything. Absolutely. And they're also separating out sex from having emotional connections. And um, I would love to talk about how, in particular, there is an illusion. And I just want to stop to do a tiny mini commercial. The reason yeah. why I'm about to spout a lot of interesting statistics is because I'm right in the middle of writing a book that comes out on Valentine's Day called The 30-Day Love Detox. And what it is, it's sort of the hangover of the Sex and the City generation, how we mm. haven't gotten all this addiction to dating that we have, certainly has not gotten us closer to having uh, better or more healthy long-term relationships yeah. or choosing better mates. And what's unique about the book is it's a prescription for slow love, but it doesn't come from political conservatism or faith-based. It comes from hard research coming out of universities, hard mm-hmm. sociological research about how the pace of a sexual relationship can affect your long-term relationship down the road. Really? Wow. So, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Here's what, okay, so you ready for this? I if am. If you have sex within 30 days of meeting somebody, you have a 90% chance of breaking up. Whoa. Okay? Now, if you only wait 31 days, yeah. one year later, you have a one in four chance you'll still be with that person. Wow. This is huge. I'm right. Because the skills that it takes to have a short-term relationship are very different from the skills that you need for a long-term relationship. What do you need for a short-term relationship? You need to look hot. You need to be fun. You need <laughs> to be available. And you need to be flexible. Right? Oh, I like that. For a yeah. long-term oh. relationship. You need to have empathy, compassion, good communication skills, and conflict resolution skills. Well, while you're busy knocking boots and going crazy, you don't have time to build the second set of skills you're going to need. <laughs> That's right. So the Jeez. longer you can, because it's such, sex is such a 
psychologically and physiologically overwhelming experience for our bodies that we, we can't grow both at once. You can't grow emotional intimacy and physical intimacy at the same time. Wow. So, in fact, I also interviewed for my book, I interviewed so many people as well as, of course, researchers pulling these stats out of great studies. Mm -hmm. um, I interviewed this group that I stumbled on that I'm calling postmodern virgins. Despite what you think about this hookup culture that you're hearing, a full 25%, one in four college students are virgins. And most of them are actually not religious-based. They're really? more concerned with fears of an STD, mm -hmm. fears of getting pregnant or getting mm -hmm. someone pregnant that could waylay their education and their career plans. Those are the, the number one reasons why people are choosing postmodern virginity. And the other reason is, you know, we live in this, I call it a high-supply sexual economy. And plenty of people have realized that it's a lose-lose, and they're stepping out of it just until they can get their own personal goals accomplished. Wow. Now, now these are people who whom have not had sex at all before. Correct. 25% of college students. Wow. That's and a big I number, too. I interviewed married women who are mothers yeah. who waited as, until their wedding night, and some of them were 29 years old. And just so you don't think I'm talking stereotypes, these were not re religious, zealous, homeschooled, living in a cabin in the woods who have checked out from our culture. These are Wall Street investment bankers. These are Harvard-educated women. These are very smart, effective feminists mm. who said, I'm checking out until I can find the right one, and if he's the right one, he will wait because it will be that valuable. See, I, I wanted that the same. I, I wanted that the same rule apply to the. I, I've been hearing the talk of, uh, and I don't know the, the correct term for it, but I, I would say people whom have had sex before, uh, what we call renewed virgins, I guess, people who they're are not have now they're sex. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, people can choose to have sex or not have sex, drop in or drop out at any point in their life. But what you should know is this. Okay, on the man side, the more sexual partners a man has had the more he will perceive diminished attractiveness in each new sexual conquest. Mm. So that means the more sex and the more partners he has, the more he's looking for something that doesn't exist and he continues to get deeply disappointed. Well, so, so in essence then, the less you, ladies, the, I don't know, and I'm just, I'm just asking, but the less he gets from her, the better off yeah. he is? Oh, my well, God, fellas. You have to understand, there's a big <laughs> difference between you know, some old-fashioned notion of withholding sex in order to manipulate a man. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is something very, very different. What's happened is since old courtship mating rituals have gone by the wayside, in fact, I interviewed so many women for this book, and I more than a few women who are as old as 25 who have been having sex for 10 years said to me, I've never actually been on a date. Like in 10 years of That's hooking ridiculous. up with guys, yes, they had never received a phone call, been invited to an event, had someone drive, make the plan, and pay the check. Oh, my God. I know. But that's what's going on. So what happened is as we're getting rid of old-fashioned courting rituals, because so many young women feel that, I don't know, it's, uh, they're feminist, and they feel like it's uh, old-fashioned and it's traditional, and they feel somehow devalued if, if a man treats them in a certain way, fine. That's okay. There's plenty of reasons to get rid of those old rituals. But we haven't replaced them with new rituals. Mm -hmm. And when we throw away the old rituals, what we're really throwing away is the opportunity that women had to try to figure out a man's intentions. So in the old way, in the old system, if a man waited longer, mm -hmm. uh, spent a lot of time and a lot of money and invested all that in a woman, it showed a woman that he was serious. He was yeah. there for the long haul. But yeah. if all anyone has to do is buy a woman a drink now to get sex, how is a woman, woman going to be able to tell the players from the non-players? Ooh, there's a lot of women out there right now going, well, I don't, I don't give it to him when he buy me a drink. But you know what? <laughs> it's, 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 funny. it's funny when people say things like that, but ultimately that's what happens. Ultimately that's what happens because there's not a lot of time spent getting to know that person. And, you know, it, it just ends up being, hey, how you doing? Let's exchange phone numbers. I'll see you the next time. See you again. And before you know it, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And, and sadly enough to say, most guys will see you later after that. You want to hear something disturbing? More than 50% of college women believe that a hookup is a stepping stone to a relationship. What? Not huh. one guy believes that, right? Don't you no. agree with me? 
No, no. There's no way they believe. Come on. You, are you, yeah. Really? In 2012? By being nice to a guy and giving him what he likes, and since everybody can be free to have sex now, that there's a chance they'll have a relationship. And then they end up crying when he doesn't call and doesn't send them flowers. And here's this other little problem. Men and women are biologically different. I don't know if you noticed that. Did you notice we're biologically different? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yeah. One of the things you can't see is that this pesky hormone called oxytocin. Oxytocin ah, is the female bonding hormone, and it is produced in huge, massive amounts during two important times of a woman's life. Mm -hmm. The most important time, of course, is during breastfeeding to help create that healthy bond with her baby so she has this warm, pleasurable feeling when she nurses her child. The other time it's excreted, excreted in pretty large doses is during female orgasm. So plenty of women who psychologically say this is just sports sex end up getting bonded and get sad that he doesn't call. Mm. Well, what about the men, though? There's got to be some, I don't know about oxytocin in men, but I, they have to have some sort of bond to that as well. Here's, because Here's what you should know. Of course, plenty of amazingly great men are not cheaters, want to have great bonds and a good long-term secure attachment with a woman. That, and the majority of men, I would say that. The problem is we're living in this high-supply sexual culture where if sex is free and easy, even the good guys will be happy to take it. So as a result, they're looking to women to create boundaries for them. I have interviewed more and more men saying, I wish I could find a quality woman. And I'm like, what's a quality woman? Are you a quality man? Because it never occurs to them that they can control themselves. They're just expecting some quality woman, my finger's making those quotation marks, some quality woman to help slow them down. It's wow. really bizarre. It is bizarre because it should be equal. <laughs> it should be something you want of course to do. It could. But here's why it's not equal. Because sex is a high-risk hobby for women. Yeah. And it's not as high risk for men. And the reason why, of course, we know there's potential for pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Women have a much higher chance of getting an STD than men do. Mm -hmm. um, women, of course, risk having a broken heart because they could suddenly bond with this guy through sex, and he's not having the same bonding experience necessarily. He might be. But mm -hmm. men don't fall in love through sex. They fall in love because they trust a woman. That a woman I, know some. Have to have I know some that do. They don't know no better. Telling you. No, got, they're in infatuation. No, that's different. That's sexual hormones. That's infatuation. They don't they don't they don't say, This is my wife, I'm gonna marry her, I'm gonna have three kids, we're gonna build a life together because she was great in bed. Mm. They say they say she's great and she's hot and this is a great girlfriend. But it takes time and once they feel that a woman that we can really trust a woman and she's really got their back and it's a safe place for them to open up emotionally, then they start to fall in love. You know what that says to me? That that says to me that men are, for in large part, horrible in bed, Doctor Wendy. <laughs> That's what that says to me. Apparently, you think you're horrible in bed? Why? I'm saying I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just saying if if women can fall in love with men like that, and and I know it's because of uh, oxytocin, and 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 I get that, but you you hear so much about um, men being bad in bed versus. You don't hear guys talking about women being bad in bed for the most part. Well, that's because it's not politically correct. They talk about it with their guy friends, but it doesn't end up on TV. But talk show hosts will talk about men being bad in bed because right now we're in a strange environment where women are so unhappy with this high-supply sexual culture, So rather, and they feel that it's somehow unliberated and unfeminist to say, uh, you know, he won't marry me or he won't commit. They don't say that. So instead they say, he doesn't stay hard long enough. He doesn't go long enough. And so they're complaining about they're using a male model of everything is what's mm. happening. Is that gotcha. women adopted originally when women began to gain some freedom in all kinds of areas of life, they not having had that freedom in a very long time, although we used to be very free before the Industrial Revolution in our hunter-gatherer days, but you'll hear <laughs> about that later. But women adopted a male model of everything. But the one mistake they made is adopting a male model of sexuality because women's sexuality is so different from men's. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. there's a miseducation of it, though. Yeah. Not every woman. I mean, there are some women who literally can act like a man. They can totally have sex, get no emotional bond from it, not connect. You know, they, they have maybe an emotionally avoidant attachment style. Not every woman. But for the most part, women's sexuality is very, very different from men. 
Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. I can go with that. On the air with Dr. Wendy Walsh, baby. On your, If you're on Twitter, folks, you can add her at Dr. Wendy Walsh. One word. Put it all together. She's on Twitter. Hit her up. And she also has a website. What's your website, Dr. Wendy? Let them know. Doc, DrWendyWalsh.com. There it is, com, folks. We got to go to a commercial, Wendy, and we'll be right back here in just a sec. But uh, before we go, I want to play this commercial. And, uh, and then when we come back, I just want to get your take on it. It was about children... And uh, it's okay to have sex or something like that. I, I don't know. One of the producers added this, and uh, they just wanted me to ask you about it. Yeah. It's, right. um, Sounds confusing. I'll hear yeah. the real question after the commercial. <laughs> it, it It is confusing, and you know what? We don't have it. So we got to go to commercial, and we'll be okay. right back here in just a second. We're on the air with Dr. Wendy Walsh, folks. Hit us up, 619-638-8559 is the number. We are moving on up. We'll be right back. Moving on up. I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times. I've traveled over 80,000 miles, listened to thousands of North Carolinians share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education, 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration? This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next lieutenant governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, and visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges, and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around. And I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor, and I ask for your support. Run, Forrest, run! Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. If money talks, I got my master's in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. Bunyan been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. Eat out on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas.
welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy, and you guys know where you are, man. Every Sunday, same time, same place. You guys know 8 p.m. we get it in. Uh, if you're listening on the phone, and sometimes, I don't know, maybe you lose your connection because you got a bad phone line or you hit a dead zone or whatever, hit us up on the web, KIRPRadioShow.com. We're also on Twitter for all your comments, questions, concerns, your gripes, whatever. Most of you guys don't like me, but you listen to me anyway. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter, at symbol KIRPRadioShow. And our special guest, make sure you add her, folks. She is absolutely awesome. Dr. Wendy Walsh, at symbol Dr. Wendy Walsh on Twitter. Hit her up, let her know. Also on the website is www.drwendywalsh.com hit her up on there and let her know that you appreciate her coming on the KRRP radio show with you guys and this is how we do you guys are B-I-G in my book and we are back with Dr. Wendy and Wendy you know what I saw some of your clips from uh I don't know what it was uh-huh. from I think I watched everything but definitely on your YouTube check out the YouTube too folks Dr. Wendy Walsh um you know mon- monogamous relationships <laughs> Um, it seems you to be. I can't even say in that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I did, I did, I did. I swear I did. And and see, I think that relationships are based on common ground and and the love and respect for another person. But you know, when you start talking about monogamy, people have all these standards. So, what's your take on monogamy? And is it even possible? It's absolutely possible. Our species would not have evolved and not be where we are today if we didn't have male providers and protectors who were there being monogamous mm-hmm. and taking care of their offspring. I don't know if you know, but human babies take a lot longer to raise than any other animal in the kingdom. So most mm-hmm. other animals pop out of their mom and they're running with the herd within three hours. Mm-hmm. But humans have a three to five year in arms, in stro- stroller phase where they need to be attended to 24 hours a day. And you, one human being cannot do that. Right. So, and most men are monogamous, despite what the media tells you, despite what anybody else tells you, the majority of men are monogamous. There is a small section of absolute cheaters and promiscuous players, and those were probably, you know, either they have their own psychological issues from this life, or way back in their hunter-gatherer past, they were the hunters that ventured off to the other encampments to spread their seed. But believe me, if every hunter had left to go spread his seed, we would not have survived. (laughs) (laughs) A <laughs> round of applause. We need a round of applause for that one. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> the media definitely paints that the men are. You know, it's media and it's movies and it's music. None of this mm-hmm. is any good for the relationship today. It, it seems like um, it's all either overly sexed or, mm-hmm. you know, it's bad-mouthing the traditional family or uh, just men in the household in general. You know, it seems like the media diminishes the male role in the family structure. So, you know, me asking you as an expert, what is the traditional family like today in 2012 and how important is it to have one? Well, here's the thing. Um, You know, the kind of traditional family that I think you're referring to where there's one female and one heterosexual male and they're living in the house with the offspring that have a biological connection to them is actually sort of a rare, weird, modern invention. Back in our hunter-gatherer past, there were plenty of couples, but humans lived in family groups, multi-generational family groups of closer to 30 people. And they all helped. They were all owl parents, nieces, aunties, sisters, cousins, teenagers. Um, So that is more normal than to have one woman alone in the suburbs with three screaming kids and some guy gone off at the office or a job somewhere. That's, that's a prescription for insanity for a mother, but plenty of, that's why plenty of women take antidepressants, I think. Wow. <laughs> but before we, you know, now we're seeing this age of transition where women are finally able to really extract resources from the environment, again, like they did in their hunter-gatherer past. But sadly, when women gain power in a culture, sex rises in supply in a culture. When sex rises in supply, and it rises in supply because women are like, I don't need you to marry me. I can just Mm. enjoy my sex with whoever I want, whenever I want, right? So if they start to just plain old enjoy their sexuality for fun and sex rises in in supply in the culture, what happens is men start to commit less. You know, we used to say, why should he buy the cow if he's getting the milk for free? Mm -hmm. Now I say, why should he buy the cow when he can text in a herd any night of the week? Whoa, a herd? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <It's a herd. laughs> is, is that where we sure. are today? 
Yeah, but not only, here's the other bad part, not only are men less likely to commit, and that's why they're being bashed and in this crazy identity crisis because they're not like king of the household anymore, but they're also, they lose ambition and start to make less money. Because guess what? When men are being sexually satisfied, they get really lazy. I'm not joking. <laughs> really? Because part of the reason historically why, why men competed for resources was so they could have access to more women or higher status women. But again, now they can sit in their mom's basement until they're 30, and wow. they can just be playing an Xbox and asking girls to text them and take a picture. Jeez, that's, that's a sad life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's a sad life, but you know what? I, I can't say that I don't see that more today. i, I got to be honest, and it seems that most men, and, and now I'm even seeing uh, more females in the ages of, you know, upper 20s to 30s and, and even more at home and not committed and just kind of doing their thing. Well, and the other thing is that women are, are really taking giant risks with their fertility window. Because although the belief system out, is out there that women and men can have exact, and by the way, my message is not popular. I teach at universities where I watch girls walk out the back door while I'm talking because they do not want to hear this. Really? But the truth is, though they believe that they can have the exact same sexuality as men, the bottom line is we have a finish line, and they don't. Our clock stops ticking, and that's it. A guy can wait till he's 40, he can find a 27-year-old girlfriend and get married and be fine. Um, at 35, the fertility problems start for women. And the other piece is there's this, you know, women have been fed a false bill of goods about medical fertility. The belief system is, oh, well, if I don't make my window at 35, I can buy a baby because there's so much advances in medicine. Yeah. But the advances are not that great. And in fact, one in five American women who want to have children are not having children. 20% don't get to be mothers because their fertility window closed before they settled into a nice cozy guy chair, a nice guy chair, and uh, settled down for the long haul. Wow. So, so how do you, if you're a young woman today, okay, let's say you're 21, um, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're in college, you got plans on graduating, and now you want to find that special someone so, you know, you can start your family. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the format is anymore, but let's, you know, let's take that for granted and say that's the route that girls want to go. How do you find the right mate when most of these guys today are either slow to commit or not commit worthy? Okay, and there are some that will commit, but you have to find them, that minority. Um, let me tell you this. There's a difference in social class. In the uh, lower classes, Parenthood has been totally separated out from marriage. They're two different things. Parenthood is like a rite of passage, and marriage is some luxury good when you make enough money to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that, and now what's happening is the middle class is starting to behave more like the lower classes in that way. So I would say the important thing for a woman to do is slow down everything. Get your education first. The education is paramount. We all know that. Mm -hmm. Having a baby stalls everything else. And then when it comes to individual relationships, be unafraid, in, no matter how they pressure you, be unafraid to slow down the process so that whoever you meet, who you like and who you're attracted to, you and he can develop the relationship skills that you're going to need to hold together after the sexual chemistry dies down. That's very important right there because it will die down. You know, shout out to my, I love you, baby. I love you. It, it don't <laughs> die down that much in my house. We're doing okay. Um, we got a bunch of kids running around here, and we're no, still doing different, good. it's <laughs> different, but it's different. You know, what it happens is. is, you know, love begins as this crazy infatuation that's fueled by sexual hormones, and then it gives way to an intellectual decision, love. You know, mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning when you're in that hormone phase, he or she could do no wrong. They are perfect. You found the perfect person, and you yeah. really believe it. You don't even <laughs> see their bad faults. Yeah. And then when their, 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 you know, bad faults show up, you start to go, whoa, what I sign, what I get into? What I sign up for here? And that's when you stop and go, no, the positives still outweigh the negatives, and I'm going to make an intellectual decision to love this person. Then eventually that matures into what I call mature companionship love, where the sex is far less important. In fact, studies have been shown that the, the shorter time the couples have been together, the more they kiss and hug and hold hands at the airport when they're separating. But the longer couples have been together, they're so secure in their relationship, they don't need to cling on because wow. they know that each other will be there for them. Clingy, and that's fellas. a good feeling. 
<laughs> the clingy, clingy fellas. I told you, it's not normal for guys to be so clingy. Go out, have a no, good time. Very so. important at the beginning of a relationship. You need all that. You need the touch, the talk, and the eye contact yeah. very intensely, or else you're like two roommates living together having an emotionally avoidant relationship. You need all those bonding behaviors at the beginning, but once you get into the long haul, I mean, are you running up holding your wife's hand when you're in the grocery store? No, you're getting your food, right? You're getting your yeah. done. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for young couples, well, you'll see them in the beer aisle in the grocery store holding hands. I'm like, you're here to buy your beer. Do you really need a public display of affection at this moment? <laughs> but, <laughs> but they do. They're bonded. Oh, man. We, you know, I, I, I see that sometimes, but not as often as as I used to. It's normally the very, the extreme younger crowd that scares me that does all this stuff. The, the kids that shouldn't be the 12, 13, 14-year-olds that are doing this, and I'm just going, ah, you know, where are your parents? But yeah, so, it, seem, yeah it seems like the parents are allowing it in, in a lot of cases. But, you know, I, I won't go back to the teenagers. I, I do want to ask you this, though. Does what? Does religion play a part anywhere today in today's society? Absolutely. Studies are very clear that the more someone has a religious faith, the more likely they are to be monogamous. Because what is, and also, by the way, the higher the intelligence, the more likely they are to be monogamous. Because what is monogamy? It's an intellectual decision to rise above your animal self, right? So yeah, whether absolutely. you believe it's a moral reasoning because God said it, or whether you believe this is a good choice because my offspring will survive better, my house will stay together. Kids, you know, despite the fact that, get this statistic, for the last 10 years, 40% of American children have been born out of wedlock. Yeah. Yet, statistics still show, and I'm a single mother, so I walk the walk and I know how hard it is, mm-hmm. that children out of a single parent household just do not do as well. They're yeah. at higher risk for negative behaviors like drug use, early sexual activity, they have poorer grades. Um, there, it's, it's not a good thing necessarily. Or, like me, if you are a single parent, you have to do nothing else but parent because you have to do the parenting of two people. Yeah. It's so hard, though. I mean, it, it's it's hard with two people, you know, more or less when you're just alone, you know, well, not alone yep. or by yourself in the household as the parent. And, you know, you got work going on, you got to pay the bills, and then you have the errands. I mean, it's an all-day, nonstop process. So it's so hard to, you know, to, to accomplish all the goals that you would like to accomplish and, you know, to meet every deadline that you have to meet to be a parent. So, you know, I, I, my heart goes out to you because I know how hard it is now with help. I couldn't imagine doing Listen it by it. myself. I hate to get on this soapbox, but 14 million single mothers are raising one in four American children. And you want to know this? One-third of American kids do not live with their father. And I'm sorry, one quarter of them do not live with their father. Those, and, and of those, one third haven't seen their father in a year. Jesus. I'm so familiar with those. guys have to step up, really step up, and chase your genes down, even if you've got to deal with an angry woman to get to your genes. Those are your genes. That's your offspring. And no matter what, your distance is impacting them, your closeness will be impacting them. But you've got to step up and find a way back in the door. I love that message right there. That that is the if you guys didn't get anything from tonight, that is the message right there, especially to my men. Uh, Wendy, I started a, an organization called I Love Being a Black Father, and Aww. I absolutely thought it was necessary. You know, I got a lot of flack from that being a conservative because oh, you got to take the race out of it, and it's not a race. I'm like, listen, hold up, hold up for a second. <laughs> I'm a black man, and I can tell someone what it's like to be a single black father or a black father not in the household having a child outside of my household. I can't relate to anyone else. Now, if we happen to have some common ground, fine, so be it. It's all positive. Let's work through it. Let's do it. But there is a need. I mean, look at the statistics. Let's not be naive here. Let's look at the statistics in, in, in black households with single parents. You know what I'm saying? With, well, with you know what? I hate to say it, but race and class is a factor. It is. Uh, Sad fact is that 70% of black women are unmarried. Absolutely. 70%. And that's because, you know, one-third of their men are in jail, incarcerated. Another third are somehow below them because black women have achieved so much in education. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to look at sort of their... You know, the the guy they grew up with in their neighborhood who's a mechanic at the local shop and this woman's got a law degree and she's afraid to go backwards and step down to marry that man. 
And then another chunk of black men are marrying white women. Yep. So at the end of the day, there are these black women who are struggling and they're raising families. And the statistics, there's a great book, and I think it's written by a UC Davis professor about this. He's African-American, and um, it, you know, he's, he basically says for black women to find a solution to this, they've got to be unafraid to step outside of their race to create multiracial families. Yeah, I've read part of that. That was amazing, too. I, I read some excerpts yeah. from that book. It seems amazing. I haven't read the whole book, and, and I agree with you. I mean, listen, you, you, we we got to stop being scared to address the issue, you know, and stop talking over top of the issue. And, and that's another reason why we invited you. That's why I couldn't wait to have you on the show, because you speak on the issues, Wendy. You don't go around them. You hit them dead on, right on target, and that's so needed today because everything is sprinkled with sugar and flowers, and and it's so beautiful, and people are scared to be direct about problems. So how can you come yep. up with a real solution if you can't direct the problem, you know? That's right. That's right. And also, I'm living it. You know, I'm a single mother. I'm in a multiracial family, yeah. and I, you know, have my own life experiences that make me do the research and go, why is this happening? Is it just me? Am I making poor decisions? Or is there something going on in our culture that's just not right? And so many people place, you know, you know, I, I'm a big believer in individual responsibility, but mm -hmm. sometimes people just don't have the choices. Yeah. You know, if the culture, for instance, these young people that are having sex too early, we're implanting them in a highly sexualized culture where there are naked girls on Victoria's Secret ads going by on bus, Abercrombie stores where there are naked men in the windows, and then we're telling girls, don't get early puberty, but you're being exposed to sexual images everywhere around you, and your pituitary gland is firing up, and maybe you're getting early puberty because of that. So wow. we're putting people in cultures and societies and then saying, now you need to have personal responsibility. You know, it's like it's like putting a hungry person in a supermarket and saying, now, morally, don't steal. Don't yeah, steal. don't eat too much. <laughs> that's right. Don't steal. You can't. You don't have any money. So that's why we have to understand that personal choices are limited by what the culture will provide you. Wow, I love that. That's another jewel for you guys, too. Do we, we don't have a jewel sound. We need a diamond sound. <laughs> Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, listen. Uh-oh, I lost you a little bit. I, I know no, you got I'm still here. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I know you got a role, and, and, you know, it's Sunday night, and I know there's things to do. I got to take my kids to the Avengers is what I got to do. Oh, the Avengers, you <laughs> know what? One of them cleaned their room for it, and the other one did all her homework for the week. So I, I can't get out of this. I got to go see, to the Avengers tonight. <laughs> if my kids were listening to this show, they would not. See, I, I, I know I'm on the right track because that's what I told the kids. If you guys do all your chores this week without me having to tell you or fuss about it, <laughs> We're going to see the Avengers on Friday or Saturday, so bingo, I love it. That's a beautiful thing. Shout out to your kids, man. That's B-I-G right Thank there. you. Shout out to you too, Dr. Wendy. That's that's huge. Um, I just got one last question before we go, and, and this is solely sure. about you, your book. I just want to give you a chance to promote and, and definitely okay. give you a shout out. But the 30-Day Love Detox coming out. It in, comes in, out on Valentine's Day. So you're going to call me in the new year, and then we're going to do this radio show again all about the 30-Day Love Detox, okay? Absolutely. It uh, comes out in January. It's a prescription for slow love based on social science and statistics. Mm. And it's the hangover of the Sex and the City generation is what it is. Yeah, I got to get my copy of that. I, I want to read that. That's, that sounds interesting. I think every parent should get it for their teenagers, boys or girls, and every young college woman or young career woman should definitely read it. Love it. Beautiful. Thanks, Dr. Wendy Walsh. Thank we appreciate you. Have a good Sunday. On. Bingo. You too, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Take care. Bye. Right, you too. Goodbye. So that was Dr. Wendy Walsh, folks. Uh, you, you know, there's so much I can say about her. She's absolutely wonderful. A beautiful person. Always has a word for you guys. We'll be right back. We got to go to commercial. We'll be right back to close the show. You rocking with the KIRP radio show, the number one black conservative show, Southeastern United States, baby. And we do it our way. Independent style. That's how we do it. Independent style. You rocking with me. We'll be right back.
all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. You've been so fixed to plumbing, I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Again, that's eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times. I've traveled over 80,000 miles, listened to thousands of North Carolinians share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education, 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration? This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next lieutenant governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges, and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around. And I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor, and I ask for your support. Run, Forrest, run! K-I-R-P Radio!
Welcome back, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show. Appreciate everybody for rocking with me, man. Appreciate you guys for rocking with me. And I, I appreciate, I appreciate you for rocking with us on the KIRP Radio Show. If you guys missed Dr. Winner, you can log on to the show www.kirpradioshow.com is the way to get to us online. You can also hit us up on iTunes, folks. It's iTunes Podcast, KIRP1, Radio 2, Show is 3. KIRP Radio Show on the podcast. You can also hit us up. If you can't get us on those two, we give you one more option online, and that's Blog Talk. That's blogtalkradio.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. You knew what it was. You You knew what it was. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter, man. Leave us a comment. Show us a little bit of love. Leave us a shout-out. Leave your shout-outs. We'll definitely read them off every week on the show. That's at symbol K-I-R-P radio show. At symbol N-C Pudgy is my personal P-U-D-G-Y. At symbol N-C Pudgy. And you can also leave us a comment on the Facebook page. That's Facebook.com slash K-I-R-P radio show. And that's how we do it, baby. I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. And it's been another wonderful week. We're doing it only an hour and a half tonight. Night, but we will be back tomorrow night. We're talking about the marriage amendment, baby. I want you guys to come back. I want you to rock with us. I want you to tell us your opinions because we're going to address all the lies. We're going to talk about all the truth. We're going to talk about all the issues. All right? No, no rhetoric. None of that crap. You know what I'm saying? We're going to address every single issue that's out there. We got every single commercial that we could get our hands on. And, you know, we're going to talk about the marriage amendment that we have to vote on on Tuesday, May 8th, here in North Carolina. There's a lot of different marriage amendments out there in some states that you guys are in um, outside of North Carolina. But we're going to talk about North Carolina's marriage amendment. I have the amendment. I have had it for some time now. We're going to read it off. We're going to address the rumors. We're going to talk about it. Don't forget, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., I'm going to have my man Ted Hicks, Durham County GOP Presidente. Or chairman. You guys like to call him chairman, so I'll call him chairman. We also got my man Kevin Day as president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. He's going to be on as well. And my man Joe Killian, Wilson NCT Party leader. We're going to talk to Will. We're going to talk to all those guys, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to address all the issues out there and all the problems, and I'm going to ask those guys to state their claim from their conservative principles and their conservative state point of view. But also, I want the truth. I want to talk about the facts, and that's how we're going to do it. You're rocking with the KRRP Radio Show. I appreciate you guys, and one love. I'll catch you guys next week, same time, same place. I'm sorry, I'll catch you tomorrow night, same time, same place, right here, 8 p.m., talking marriage amendment one love y'all be safe god bless you remember this god is love love is god we out real gon' recognize real gon' recognize real gon' recognize real real phony gon' recognize still i reckon i will like we always do with this time i go for mine i get to shine now throw your hands up in
cool thing about turning 13 is watching PG-13 movies with the new contour from Cox. I can search by movie quote, I am Batman. Except I can't go out past 9.30. By genre, chick flicks. What? They're educational. I can even search by title, Independence Day. That thing's older than I am. <gasps> is that a chest hair? No, just an eyelash. The new contour, TV reinvented just for you. Click the banner to learn more. Welcome to Subway. You'll love our Mediterranean collection. Delicious chicken or hearty steak with crumbled feta and cool, creamy tzatziki sauce. They'll brighten anyone's day. I need one of those subs. My car won't start and my dog ran away. That is a terrible day. That's pretty typical for me. I'm a country singer. I should have known. Now enjoy our Mediterranean collection on your choice of freshly baked bread. Your sub really cheered me up. My car started and my dog is back. Ooh, that should be the next.